Hello and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Did you know that there is such a thing as invisible light, light beyond our visual spectrum, such as ultraviolet and infrared light? There is also such a thing as silent sound, sound beyond our ability to hear. There is also scentless smells, scents beyond our ability to smell. Dogs, for example, can hear sounds that are silent to us, and they have a sense of smell 10,000 to 100 times as sensitive as ours. Dogs can sense up to one part per trillion. This means that because humans can tell if there is a teaspoon of sugar in a cup of herbal tea, a dog can sense that same teaspoon of sugar in a million gallons of water, the amount of water in two Olympic-sized swimming pools. The truth is that we are surrounded by invisible forces, such as microwaves, radio waves, and Wi-Fi, magnetism, gravity, radiation, even electricity, and nuclear forces, or the forces that hold the nuclei of molecules together. The Bible encourages us to walk by faith and not by sight because we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. All these invisible forces can serve as object lessons that can open our eyes to spiritual realities for it is by seeing him who is invisible that spiritual strength and energy are gained and the conflicting power of dark forces over mind and character is broken. Today on Eddie's Written Canada, you will meet Clay and Sarah Wepler and hear how they had their eyes open to see God's hand working in their lives. Welcome back to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us. Our special guests today are Clay and Sarah Wepler, whose lives are daily being sanctified by the power of God's hand and His Spirit working within them. Clay and Sarah, welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Sarah, I'm going to begin with you. Can you tell us where your spiritual walk began? My spiritual walk, I've been a Christian ever since I was a toddler. I come from an amazing Christian family. Um, back to my grandpa, he was a missionary in Africa for years, lived in a little mud hut and did all that. Um, my mother, she was a huge factor in my life. She very much instilled God and uh, just, just teaching us about him and his love. So God was a big part of your identity. He was everything, yeah. That's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. And we were talking about this yesterday, Clay, and you were saying how 
you have come to realize that Jesus has to be a big part of your identity. But when you were younger, hockey was a big part of your identity. You know, just uh, growing up, you know, when I was three years old, Dad had me on the, the, the rink and I was, uh, you know, learning to skate. And, and you know, it's not, it's not necessarily, um, you know, that you, you choose that identity, but it just kind of becomes who you are, right? And that was the thing too, you know, when I got one of my bad injuries and all of a sudden I'm, you know, just out of commission. I mean, you realize how fickle that whole uh, yeah. identity is. Yeah, right. Right. Mm -hmm. so, right. So you're fit one moment, you're not the next, you're cut. You just got to get back into the game and get yourself fit again. Yeah. yeah. That's so right. it's an up and down. That's a lot of pressure. It is. Yeah. And Sarah, you're a figure skater, mm -hmm. so Kleiser, as hockey player, mm -hmm. you're a figure skater, <laughs> real Canadians, yeah. Yes, so. we, we are. Yeah. So Sarah, can you tell us how you found your identity in figure skating? My, uh, mine is different than Clay's, just because he came from, you know, a non-Christian background, I came from the Christian background, and it really does change the way you look at life when you're a Christian. Um, skating was a huge part of our life, but when your identity is in Christ and you know that you're a princess of the King, skating is just a thing that you do, you know? Um, so even though being a Christian in a non-Christian world, uh, you are different, but when you're a Christian, you've got this joy and this peace and you just don't care, right? So Clay, uh, what was it that started to open your eyes? I mean, you're playing hockey. Were there times where God um, showed up for you? I ended up going to Karenport High School because uh, it was just the way the whole politics worked and stuff. And so um, I was there to play hockey and I remember learning about this whole Christian ethnics and, um, and um, you know, studying about, and I, like really I had some knowledge about there is a God and, and stuff, but not a whole lot, right? And, and just kind of seeing in the Bible that, you know, there was kind of, uh, you know, um, some corrections and some things that I needed to deal with. Uh, in my my own personal life and stuff and and um, you know I um, I remember just like one morning I just went to the chapel and just being frustrated I was like Lord I don't understand any of this stuff you know just being completely frank with them you know just like I don't really even fully know who you are I don't know what this is but like I know that I have these kind of issues and this and that and I said you know, please, Lord, like, um, I just, I, well, I, I'm, I'm crying out to you to show yourself to me and just help me through this. I remember when I walked to the chapel, there was this guy standing there and he's telling me, he's like, man, he's like, could I read you this thing in the Bible? And I wasn't talking out loud. I was by myself in the chapel and I said, uh, okay, yeah, I guess so, whatever, you know, not thinking that it was anything. And so, and he follows me and he's like, he's like, man, he's like, please let me read this to you. And I'm like, what is this weirdo, you know? <laughs> he's trying to say, you know? And so I'm like, yeah, okay, uh, I, I guess you can. And so um, we go up that night or whatever, and he reads me, and literally everything that I was praying, God answered him point by point. How did things start really getting serious for you? Like, were there 
were there times where God showed up, even when you were playing hockey? After I was done with Cairnport, I went to play AAA, and I don't know, I just kind of got back into the world and stuff, and just totally forgot about all this, these cool things that God had done to me. I think it's so easy for anyone to do. And I remember just like blowing my knee out, like terribly, right? And, and where did I go? Right back to Cairnport, right? And, and so I kind of like, yeah, okay, I got this, you know, um, you know, it's, it's an ongoing thing. It's a, it's a dying to self every day. It's, it's uh, uh, growing in Christ and, and, and studying his word and, and understanding him. And, um, you know, that just kind of kept developing until finally I started kind of studying the Bible on my own. So you were climbing in the ranks of hockey. You got to junior A and you're in Fort McMurray, and you're playing hockey, but you're also studying the Bible on your own, learning all these cool things, and it's just get, getting brighter and brighter. Here I was, I was always in a position where it was like, hey, like, when I seen my buddy scored a couple of goals, and whatever, he moved up to the first line or whatever, I'd be like, oh man, like, that sucks, you know, I wish that was me, right? But I was able to put myself in that position now where I was like, hey, like, I'm part of something that's bigger than all this and through my whole hockey career I actually seen God's divine hand like just wherever I was placed with hockey it didn't really seem like it had to do with the hockey but more what uh, the people that I had to meet and the things that were going on um, that needed to form my character you know and I think that you know yeah having that that understanding of my identity in him and that man like even if hockey ends there's so much more things that God has out there like we're talking about you know it says that um, the heavens are his dwelling place and the earth is his footstool and we're talking like this whole earth is like every little thing that could be invented in this earth is small to God right and that's the God that I got to know, you know. So, you know, hockey was just a, just a part of me then. It wasn't who I was, but it was just a part of what I did, you know. And then you came to a place where you're just like, I'm prepared to give this up, and, and you went on a mission trip. I kind of came into conflict with hockey and certain parts of faith. And so I, uh, I decided to, um, to uh, pursue God. Uh, instead and so it was just his leading and I think that you know I um, I I think the Lord knew what I needed when I went down there yeah it was it was unique because they didn't care whether you're a hockey player or not right so so uh, you you had to kind of learn to be humble right and and uh, and uh, that's you know that's the next steps I think of the Christian character is is considering others and, ex, and not exalting self, but um, you know, being happy in, in who you are and and yeah, just exalting Christ. So, Sarah, can you tell us how you and Clay met? Yeah, uh, it was our early twenties, and um, that actually was a God thing in itself too, because Clay lives in Saskatchewan, I'm in Ontario, and I just happened to be flying out at the time that he was fixing my sister's house up. Um, and it was good timing too, because we realized if we met any sooner, 
um, we probably wouldn't have even started dating, yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that was us when I was I was a city girl from Toronto. So he took me go for hunting. <laughs> <laughs> it was very exciting. <laughs> so you're looking into the Bible. Were there scriptures that really spoke to you? I mean, I have hundreds, but um, one that. I've always loved it. Short, but I feel like it's so powerful. Is First uh, Peter five seven, oh. cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. You know, it's um, so and whether it comes to identity or stress of life or anything, right? It's just He cares for you, right? Um, another one that I really really like is Isaiah forty three two. It says, "When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire." You will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And sometimes you maybe doesn't feel it in the moment, but you get led through it. And once you reach the other side, you look back and you realize how much he was present, right? Yeah. With me, like going back to kind of like choosing to go certain directions and, and whatever, it was like, okay, so Lord, what direction do you want me to go in? That was those things that I struggled with. I'm like, okay, so like, can you just like point a finger or something for me or whatever? And so when I found this in Proverbs, I thought it was, um, you know, quite, quite refreshing. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and always submit to him and he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. So Clay and Sarah, can you tell us when the Sabbath became important in your lives? Yeah, so like I'd gotten to this point now where I'd studied the Word of God, I tested it to be true, you know, and so we come across uh, creation where God had created the earth in six days and the seventh he rested. And then you got in Exodus 31, I think it is, where it talks about it's a sign of my people. And I mean, there's just a lot of texts in, in the Bible that show you that this is an important thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember testing the waters with other people, like other um, denominations as to, you know, why should we not follow this? I couldn't figure out a reason why you shouldn't. So, so I guess uh, you just got to walk in it, right? And for you, Sarah, where did the Sabbath come in for you? Uh, Clay actually introduced it to me when we were together and um, me being a hardcore Sunday keeper I had no idea what on earth he was talking about when he told me the Sabbath on Saturday so he um, he had this Doug Batchelor seminar that he he um, introduced to me and I watched that uh, so it is tricky because when you are a Sunday keeper and people start hearing that you're considering to keep the Sabbath day over Sunday the amount of people that come and attack and, you know, not literally attack, but just, I feel like it's attacking the Word of God, you know? Um, over time, I realized that if you really want to find truth, you know, Satan's working extremely hard. He's going to, in every church, be attacking the church in certain ways or trying to lead people astray. And I started realizing that, that um, you can't go to people for answers, you have to go strictly to the Word of God. And so we're doing that, and when you actually search the Bible, 
it's, you can't deny it. The Sabbath is 100% legit. <laughs> and so when that happens, and like you said, Terry, you put your faith in God and not your faith in man. Exactly. He leads in such a powerful way and makes things so clear to you. Like even for you, Clay, you couldn't play hockey anymore because that happened on a Friday night and a Saturday. So yeah. your hockey games were done, but yeah. you were so happy to do that because you wanted to honor God and you wanted to make the Sabbath special. You learn about Him, you learn from obedience to Him, good things come and so then you, you know, you just want to keep in it. It's not that you're doing it because of rules. You're doing it because you love God, you know? And, and so... It does turn into a blessing. And it's amazing that once a week, the creator of the universe wants to meet with you. You know, it's... Yeah. It is amazing. <laughs> For sure. And so then the Sabbath becomes a delight. It is. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't, you don't always understand why God has these things for you, but you just trust him and you walk in them. And then when you do that, then the blessings follow. It's, it's just like when God told Joshua, you know, when you put your feet into the river, then it'll split. It's uh, when you walk in obedience to God, then you find the blessings that follow. And so, but you have to take that step first. And sometimes that step is, that step is tough because, um, you know, it takes sacrifice, it takes, trust it takes you know but um when you when you do it then you realize like i said the blessings of follow so so sarah and clay now that you had found your identity in jesus god had brought you together and you had a happy relationship and then you found out that you were expecting your first baby but it wasn't exactly what you expected yeah so as i was finding out about the sabbath i got pregnant and um, our first ultrasound, we found out that our son had gastroschisis. So basically, um, just a little part of his stomach when he's forming, the skin doesn't form and his intestines were out, all outside of his tummy. So um, actually the day that I was supposed to get baptized into the church, six weeks early, my son was born. So he was, he was a preemie. <laughs> we ended up getting uh, flown to Saskatoon and we they put them in a um, uh, put the intestines in a bag over top of his stomach and they slowly worked them back into the uh, the uh, stomach area like the bowel there um, and so um, you know everything went fast and, and good and, and effective then and so we got out of the uh, neonatal um, in good time. But when we had gotten home, it was a, it was a few weeks later that he ended up having a, like a- Inguinal hernia. Yeah. And so we, uh, we had to, like we just heard him screaming like terrible. And so we thought, okay, this isn't good. We better get him in. And then when we went to the doctor, he said, get him up there fast. So we sped up fast to Saskatoon. And so when we, when we got up there, the surgeon looked at it and he said, okay, I need you guys to make a choice. He said, you can push the hernia back in and we can just hope the intestines are good. If they're not, if they've become distended, then, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll die quickly and we'll have to, 
remove some test tines and stuff. Or he says I can bring it out and check it out and see how um, see see how it is, and then we can put it back in. So we made the decision. We thought we better take the cautious thing and have them remove it again. Well, once they removed them, then we were in just a whole wad of complications because the um, they put them back in that situation where they had to like slowly put the intestines back in, but it ended up getting a bacterial inf infection called Clubsilla, which spiked his white blood cell count. And so we had a 12-hour notice that um, you know he was he was gonna die for that one, and he pulled through with you know the most powerful antibiotics they had and then I remember us we were just like feeling like just sick we were just feeling beside ourselves and you keep on trying to make decisions for your son and everything just keeps backfiring right yeah so um you know we're just thinking like we're kind of seeking God on this and we're like hey Lord like you know we've aligned yourselves with your will as much as we possibly can like what is possibly happening here like and so I remember you know just seeking his face and in and praying and you know we just kind of got to this position where we're just thinking Lord like whatever it is I mean if if he's gonna pass you know then we'll trust you and if he's if he if he lives we'll trust you too but like we trust you in this and just giving it to his hands right and at the same time camp meeting was going on we were in contact with pastor scott and he was telling the whole camp meeting and everybody was praying and uh you know they think of the verse when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray i will hear on high and so we made another decision to close them up and put the intestines in for good. And from that, he got into a compulsive swelling syndrome. And we thought to ourselves, okay, well, this might be the end, right? Yeah, I mean, it got to a point where the doctor came and asked if we wanted a priest or something, because they said, you know, if, if, if what we're gonna do doesn't work, he could be dead in it three hours yeah so. so so we called and we said pray just pray like you've never prayed before and like we'd said we had already gotten to that position where we kind of released and gave it into God's hands and then I remember it was sometime that night when Pastor Scott walked down to the um, river or whatever and these these lights appeared and he said that God always speaks to him through nature and so he he called us I don't know like just to, like he yeah he gave us a phone call and he said I just want you to know um, I've just kind of received affirmation that Cruz is going to be okay and it was moments after that the surgeon walked in and said that yeah he's he's seen a miracle he said he wasn't sure how to uh, like how how do you say he said, Whatever God you believe in, he said he created a miracle or something to that matter. But you know, the the swelling syndrome had gotten so bad that they had to end it, and and uh, mm -hmm. then this turned around. And there's a beautiful Bible verse on there. Yeah, yeah. So so it says, uh, um, "When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me." And so I guess I would like to tie that into the whole story where. Um, you know, when we thought that we were hopeless, 
That's when God could show us His marvelous light. That and just fully, fully giving things over to God. You know, I, I'm really bad at that. I always tell Him I trust Him, but I always try to do things in my own power and it always backfires. And it was like in that moment, you know, we were just finally giving it to God and telling Him like, you know, whether you have my son or... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was in that moment where we finally just gave our son to God that suddenly things turned around. It was just another purifying moment. And how's he doing academically? Yeah, I mean, the teachers have said he's above average with his, uh, with his thinking and, and uh, and speaking, he's he's a very good speaker, and, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, so that's awesome. Um, Clay and Sarah, he really is your miracle baby. So it's amazing when we give when we give our children to God because they really are a gift yes. from Him, and they belong to Him. Yes. And so it's so beautiful to see how He took care of of the treasure and the gift that he gave. And just how faithful God is. There's so many times where um, I almost feel like I'm unworthy or, you know, you, we struggle, right? You, 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 we know about truth, but then worldly things, you know, you fall back and, and just, I feel like our life has proved how faithful God is because he gives us way more than we deserve, that's for sure. <laughs> Clay, could you please pray for us right now? Yes, for sure. Father God, I just want to thank you for the opportunity and for making us willing to be made willing to know your will. And I just pray that, uh, just pray that you keep guiding us in the future and that we keep growing in you. And uh, again, we just want to thank you for this incredible journey and for the opportunity to know you and to continue getting to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clay and Sarah, thank you very much for sharing your story with us on It Is Written Canada. Thank you for thank having you. us. Friends, it was such a blessing to hear how Clay and Sarah had their eyes open to see God's hand working in their lives. A part of their ongoing journey is the keeping of the weekly Sabbath, which may have opened up some questions in your mind about what the Bible teaches about the Sabbath. Our free offer for you is what the Bible says about the Sabbath. This free full-color booklet has been prepared to help you clearly understand and appreciate what the Bible says about the Sabbath. This little book will provide practical answers that will help you see how God wants to bless your life with a special temple made of time. Before you go, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our cooking demonstrations, 
are short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living and our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life. Friends, we want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.